You're listening to Pine Curtain Confidential. I'm Stephanie Hatak. We didn't get much fall and winter in Homer, weather-wise. We might have a few flannel shirts and tights days, but would often be sweating by noon. Pine trees are evergreen, so there wasn't much fall color, and what was there was beautiful but brief. I can count snowman winters on one hand, with fingers left over. Most of our holiday traditions were carried out in t-shirts while slapping at Earth's most resilient mosquitoes. One Christmas was spent slapping at a resilient wild deer, but that's another story for another day. By the end of November, the infamous Lufkin-Rudolph decorated oil pump was starting to go up. Junior high bands were practicing tuneless Christmas carols for the downtown parade. And out in Homer, our moms and aunts were busy crawling around the church attic, dusting off polyester wise men in shepherd robes and hoping the cardboard angel wings, which looked more like giant teeth, had made it another year. Spoiler alert, they always had. For a few years in the mid-1980s, we did a living nativity, setting up scenes around the perimeter of the church parking lot and a manger in the walkway between the sanctuary and fellowship hall. The congregation was bigger then, and even the most casual community member participated. Located on the one main road in and out of Homer and Bald Hill, no one who lived there wanted to risk the FOMO of driving past it every night. I was cast as an angel, and my best friends were cast as angels because, well, we are and always have been angels. My older friend Missy was allowed to stand on the flat roof between two buildings, but Jana and I were earthbound. This just made it easier to take cocoa breaks, going inside from the cold-ish night air to drink hot chocolate with the old ladies who didn't have to wear the costumes because they had made them all. One such old lady, my great-grandmother Veda, would say, come inside and warm your innards. There was a decorated tree on the fellowship hall stage. They had dimmed the interior lights, and we would sit there in the dark, warming our innards, happy as can be. This went on for a few years, and I would look forward to going with my mom and godmother to collect Spanish moss from their friends' trees, enough to decorate the top of the stable. Those musty costumes smelled like good times to me. The church had a brand new sound system in 1985, and it piped out carols all season long. Living mere blocks from the church, I heard them so often that I can still remember the pitch melody in each choral part. Over time, we folded in young shepherds who would dance karate kick and squabble around the fire while awaiting the news of the baby Jesus. The sound system played on year after year. I never was allowed on the roof. Grandma Veda, diagnosed with Alzheimer's, was a bit dazed at the nativity scene socials in her own final years. In photos from these events, she's there, but her eyes aren't the same. In retrospect, I wonder how much of that happy chaos she understood and what she thought was going on with all those aggressive little shepherds and whispering clickish angels. I think she was happy, and that's the most important thing. I think she understood this was a world that belonged to her, and that's important, too. One actually chilly evening in 1986, we were asked to stay for special activities after our December church potluck. 
This type of request could mean anything from an impromptu lip sync contest to a scavenger hunt across town that ended at Baskin Robbins. So anticipation was high. The older ladies' evening activity would be making decorations for a sanctuary chrisman tree. An evergreen tree often placed in a chancel of a church during Advent in the Christmas season. The chrisman tree differs from the traditional Christmas tree in that it is decorated only with clear lights and chrismans or ancient symbols of Christ made from white and gold material, these colors being the liturgical colors of the Christmas season. So the ornaments they made were white felt with gold accents and glitter and metallic studs. This was pre-Bedazzler, so everything was done by hand. They cut and decorated so many shapes, crowns, trees, doves, and other religious symbols, so that our church could be festive that following Sunday and all through the season. Too young to be trusted with white felt and glitter, especially after unlimited church desserts, aka chocolate cake, different chocolate cake, and a fistful of sugar cookies, we were placed at a table far away from our aunties and given tubs of peanut butter, bags of birdseed, and pine cones. Play nice, said the adults in the room. The subtext being, don't tar and feather each other with this, but if you do, understand that we will video you and laugh instead of helping, which is what they did. Our community documentarians seem to ascribe to the same code of conduct as the Associated Press. Don't intervene, no matter who's shooting at whom. Or thumping birdseed kernels toward their sister's eyes, in this case. For about an hour, we wiped peanut butter birdseed on the pine cones, small sticks, upside-down styrofoam cups, and each other. We weren't allowed within five feet of the white belt. And eventually, we were led outside to run free with our creations. Sticky, gritty, and hyper. Where were we going? We were going to feed some birds. Birds, Mom. Birds, Aunt Harry. Miss Sophie, look at my pine cone. Birds are going to eat it. Do you see that cup? It looks like a bell. At the front of our church property sits a historical marker, a granite church sign, and a skinny little tree a little over six feet tall. Not quite a Charlie Brown tree, but not exactly from the J.C. Penney catalog either. The tree stood slender and tallish, a deep shadowed black against the starry night sky. This was the serving vessel for our grainy creations, and hopefully the birds would approach it one by one so as not to bend it to the ground. But it was ours, and we were so proud. But any reverence that accompanied our giving spirit dissipated as we got closer to the tree. The excitement built to uncontainable proportions and spilled over, a contagion of hyperactivity as each child lost composure. Birdseed ornaments fell to the ground. Peanut buttery pine cones were hurled toward little faces like sticky, scratchy missiles as our small crowd reached fever pitch. One twin tackled another to the ground, where they rolled in the grass and pulled at each other's identical ponytails. Another kid scaled the historical monument, balanced in a squat on its pointy tip, and hollered an off-tune jingle bells, jingle bells, over and over and over, but only the first two sentences. It was fun to pretend that folding chairs were crutches, and a boy had used two of them to hop all the way across the churchyard. Overcome by the crowd mentality, he picked up one and hurled it at his mother, laughing like a maniac. My mom caught all this on video, and it makes me laugh and laugh especially the part where around 9 p.m., breathless and hyper, smeared with peanut butter, I ran over to her and asked, Hey, Mom, hey, when we're done, can they all come and play at our house? 
The answer was no, if you can believe that. Our bird tree didn't last long, but the chrisman tree still shines in the church sanctuary each season. Most of the women who made those ornaments have long passed, and some have recently passed. But I think at this point, they are all gone. Some of the children rocking around the nativity scenes and rioting around the bird tree are too. And none of us are young anymore. For a while after I left home, I would attend Christmas Eve service there and have, over the years, watched it dwindle from a full church to a more sparse one. I don't know what it's like these days, as my feelings have become more complicated and I prefer to spend holidays at my own house. When we are told to carry the holidays in our heart, we often assume only the good stuff. The perfect gifts given and received. The batch of cookies that came out just right. The reverent devotionals that honor our respective faiths. But hold room in your heart for the other memories, too. It doesn't matter that they were imperfect. That just makes them easier to remember. That's it for this episode of Pine Curtain Confidential. I'll leave you with the perfectly imperfect rendition of Silent Night by the ladies of the Homer United Methodist Church, circa 1986. I'm Stephanie Hotok, an artist, writer, and creator of Pine Curtain Confidential. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time in the Pines. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were where they come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh.